You are listening to the Down the Wormhole podcast, exploring the strange and fascinating relationship between science and religion. Our guest today is the best-selling author of 14 books and plays, international speaker and host of the Robcast. He lives in Ojai, California, where he hosts two-day small group gatherings that which you can and should sign up for right now, link in the description. It is my pleasure and honor to welcome Rob Bell to this podcast. Hey, Rob. <laughs> Hello, fellas. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for spending your morning with us. Yeah. So I have in my hand this very um, strange and wonderful novel called Where'd You Park Your Spaceship? <laughs> Which even I know the title still to this day brings a smile to your face. Mm-hmm. Um, Just to hear you say the it. The book Just starts with the line. <laughs> I, I loved it. So the first line in the book is, the earth didn't make it, it got brown balled. Which, in total caps, brown balled. Then we meet characters named Heen Grubers, Moogie Fallers, and Sir Pong. There's a family game like two pages in where you intentionally slam your head into a fork and then without any explanation we have a sentence that says we took her to the thrival in our circle that night so from like the very beginning of this book i got the feeling that this wasn't going to be a book about a carefully crafted universe or a book about like a message being hammered on uh, over and over again. This was not a carefully crafted universe. This was a novel just stuffed to the brim with delight. (laughs) (laughs) Like, your absolute delight in your characters, in their alien world, it just comes through so clearly. Can you maybe uh, just tell us a little bit about your relationship to the story and to the people who live in here? Oh, God. What a wonderful setup slash question. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, all I had was delight. I don't have training as a writer. I don't have a background. I haven't really read science fiction. It, I guess Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I don't, other than that, I like all there was. And my work for roughly 30 years has been explaining. That's what like a spiritual teacher does, which is a very particular engagement of the mind and i had had some sense that something was ending something i'd been doing it was like an achy angsty like a death feeling like a cellular death like Mm. you've been doing a thing and it's coming to an end don't numb the pain just let it die and this story came roaring in and the only way it worked was what happens next like a very innocent tender who who appears? What are they wearing? What's their name? And and that explaining energy. Well, obviously, if you if you if you watch a movie and it's clear what the the point of the movie is, you're like, ugh. We say heavy handed on the nose. Do you know what I mean? We're just we're out. So it was like taking all of these muscles that I've built up over the years. Like a number of my earlier books, were, like Love Wins is a thesis. It's an argument. It's a like point A, point B, point mm. C. Um, this relates to this. Here's what I just told you. Here's another example of what I just told you. And this, the delight that you're describing, this was like, all of that was like a kill switch. If any of that earlier 
musculature was engaged, then immediately it's like crimping a garden hose. No water could come through. It only worked with like, or like the scene where Nunez gives her bread as magic speech in the ravine. I was in the ravine for like three or four days, kind of knowing she was going to do something spectacular and Heen was going to be like, oh my God, what did I just witness? But also not knowing how. So it was like this surreal, almost like a fugue or a trance, like I, I, I am creating this and I don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, it's like in that scene, you do something that you do a lot in this book, which is like you present a situation like, oh, so-and-so has to pick <laughs> so-and-so to do this demonstration. Who are they yes. going to pick? And then they pick the person and you're just like, of course they picked them. Pixie Flugers. Because this, oh. that, and the other. But you don't explain the the intricate backstory behind why everything happens. You're just like, well, of course it happened that way. And after that happened like three times, I was on board and I was like, well, yeah, of course that happened that way. I don't need a big explanation. There's something happening right now. Let's let's see yeah. this thing that's happening right now. Acknowledge the complexity around it and, and just like, look at it. Oh, and know? that scene when when Nunez then has the guy that she picks, pick somebody and he picks, who does he pick? He picks Kixie Flugers. Oh my God. And it's like scandal. The whole school erupts. And then Heen is like, what? this is obviously a big deal. And then Lines says to Heen's, oh my God, Kixie Flugers used to be with him, but then she was dating so-and-so. And he gives like classic universal high school drama. And you're on another planet that you've just made up sometime in the future. And yet, God, Dune picks Kixie Flugers and Kixie Flugers looks like a Kixie Flugers would look. Like, it's just, it's just the absurdity <laughs> Clearly, of it. right. Oh, God, it's just so enjoyable. <laughs> uh, so yeah. that definitely came across. <laughs> um, one thing I want to just say, Zach will tell you, I'm the, you know, I'm definitely the the co-host on the show that just goes off on tangents, but you always say there are no, no tangents. Yeah, right. And I, I actually... Uh, have that as like a banner on my computer because I love that <laughs> phrase. But um, so I been working on this huge grant proposal, doing all these different things. And so I had a hard time sitting down to, to read it. And then it was and we knew this was coming up. And then Zach said, well, good news for you. And then, then I got your email that the audio version just got released. And I, I, I paid for the Kindle version of the book. And so I, you know, got the audio, um, the audio version of it. And I love the fact that you read it. Um, and synced it all up. And so I was telling Zach right before he came on that, you know, I was maybe a hundred pages in when I started listening. And, and then I thought, you know, I really want to hear Rob say brown bald. <laughs> so I went all the way back to the yeah. beginning and restarted the whole book just so I could experience that. Um, and, and I think that really connects because you had an episode, you released an episode recently for your own podcast, um, Keep the tears in. Oh yeah, do leave I keep the, the tears? Leave the tears in. Leave leave the tears in. And I um I had not gotten to that part of the book yet. I was right. It was right mm. before it. Didn't really give anything away, so I was good with that. Um, but what I loved about that episode, and it's funny because I you know highlighted all throughout the book, made all these little annotations and notes. Many of the notes that I made was. I love that you're laughing while reading this. I love that your emotions are coming out. It's I mean, it connected me more to the mm, book and the characters mm-hmm. than I think listening to it regularly. And then you release that episode. 
and talked about your experiences mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. past and then experience with this one. I know you talked about it maybe a little bit in the episode, but how did it feel just letting you be you while reading your work? Like a rebirth, like the other work that I've gotten to done over, do over the years was like a warm up. When I first had written this and knew no publisher is going to want this, just no one may ever read it, but I shared it with a couple <laughs> friends and like one friend was like, this is what it's actually like to be your friend. I was like, are you kidding? I, I was so, it did something it, disruptive in the very best way because I had some sense like, why does, how am I, however old I was at the time, 51, and what is age? <laughs> but um, how do I feel like I'm, yeah, it had some like coming home feeling. Pu- the pub, pub, like classic New York publishing um there, which was very good to me. And yet some sense, like right away with the book, I was like, if I take this in to a publisher, they're going to be like, uh, yeah, this isn't a Rob Bell book. I remember thinking, but, right. but, I'm, <laughs> but I'm Rob Bell. So I distinctly remember thinking, oh my God, if you'll have to just do this on your own and hmm. it'll probably cost. And so it became like a rearranging my life. Like, Hence, I'm like in the corner of a garage, like starting over. Like, right. and then, oh yeah, I'll have to just make the audiobook myself. But each step of like, this, this could really not work. No one may care. Uh, became oddly like a blinking green light. Like, are you okay following what feels like an even deeper level of, of self? Even if it means you like are some guy who lost the plot and he's in a garage in Ojai talking about spaceships. <laughs> but then I would share it with friends. Literally, there are friends who are like, I just read the draft of this thing you sent me. It gave me a couple of days to recover because it affected me so deeply. It's the most personal thing you've ever done. And I'd be like, what is... What? So it's just like the Tao Te Ching, uh, unknowing. <laughs> Knowing and unknowing. Yeah. It, it had a very Zen-like... Rob Bell, you know nothing about how everything works. And especially the work for years was like right down the middle. This is what I'm saying. This is what I just said. (laughs) This is an example of it. And this is every single interaction about this story is like people like, yeah, my my mom died three years ago. I'm trying to like the most personal. (laughs) It was like instantly I was talking. We were connecting on some... other level. Do you know what I mean? Which was like, yeah. I yeah. obviously people know about this with fiction and literature for thousands of years, but for me, you're right. Some discovery of some self, like some more, I don't know how you even say it. Cause we're all just sort of step by step by step. Well, and I loved the fact, you know, as I said, you know, I was already connecting with the story and, and the character's but then hearing you read it. So yeah. the, one of the reasons why I love listening to your podcast is because I feel I feel like you always start off with hello, friends. And then when you name the title, you usually laugh and you always talk about the importance of laughing. And and so I feel like we're con- it's a connection yeah, yeah, right, yeah, that you're yeah. developed because you're being yeah. who I assume is you. Um, you're being very personable. Um, you know, I've sat in on several of your classes throughout the pandemic. You did it online. It, I got the same feeling. And then when reading this, it mm-hmm. just... Mm-hmm. 
it was like a very long or multiple podcast episodes. Yeah. And you just sounded like you were really enjoying yourself. Really enjoying myself. And even when I started thinking, because I would come in at the end of the day when I was writing and say to Kristen, like, this is what Dill Tud did today. She'd be like, <laughs> and she would just say, my God, you just love to talk about your characters. And honestly, other books was like, the book goes out, you do some interviews, quote unquote, promotion, and then on to the next thing. It was like a window of time where you're out, right. whatever, touring. And this was like, oh, wait, if I actually release this, I would, I would talk about this for the rest of my life. It was like a... It, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, very personal. Like, oh no, I would be doing this. This is like the most enjoyable thing I could think of. <laughs> Talking to you guys yeah. is like, oh my God, we're going to have another discussion about where'd you practice spaceship. I'm so excited. So it, it, it jumbled. <laughs> if like, even if you think about like <laughs> free market economics, if you make something, then you got to go out and hustle. It like just obliterated even that stuff. Or recording the audio book like didn't be you know another another platform another it became like oh my god that would be so fun to like read it and it, like turn the pages like i'm just reading it to you because when i am writing a book in this book i would call friends and read them scenes without them having any context for the story i'd give them like 10 mm -hmm, seconds of mm -hmm. context and then just read them the first time that dill todd walks up and talks to heen because i knew if this scene <laughs> Which I thought was great, by the way. <laughs> but like, I, I remember multiple scenes where I would have them, I would read it to somebody. I'd call a friend and just be like, hey, can I read you this scene? And, and almost like if the scene works with absolutely no context, and I was like, oh, we're on to something. It's good. <laughs> but yeah. very personal. Mm. So yeah. if you feel that in the audiobook, that delights me because that's actually what it's felt like. Well, and if I can, I know, Zach, you wanted to say something, but I told Zach this too, well, you know, over the last couple of weeks. So um, I had to, uh, I was doing a lot of pickup. My my son goes to a, a school that's a Mandarin language immersion program. And so he, he we have to take him to a hub stop and pick him up from there. And so I was constantly listening to it in the car. And he's, he's 13. I have 13-year-old uh, boy-girl twins. And so he would... Get in, you know, I'd take him to the bus in the morning and he would uh, listen to it with me. And then I would listen to it some throughout the day. Uh, and then when I'd pick him he's up, missed some of that. He he's missed it. and then all of a sudden, he's yeah, he's like, okay, so wait, wait, dad, what's going on now? Um, but I had to keep moving forward to get it done. And so finally I just said, it's like, okay, buddy, I need to give you the book. You need to listen to it and read it, you know, and hopefully he will. But he, he was really getting into it. And every time you would laugh or something like that, I'm like, did you hear him laugh? That's great, isn't it? And you're like, your son's like, can, we, can, so, you, can you just rewind to when I got out of the car for school? Yeah. And you're like, no, no. I mean, no, I I, I'm you. preparing to talk to <laughs> right. him. I love you, but not that much. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got to know what happens next. I'm yeah. gonna, I already know yeah. that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right so it was neat i mean he and he i love that it he connected with it as well i thought it was really neat well i mean every single part of this the plot of this book is laid out on the back Isn't of that, the book but you just have no idea what good, any of those good, words good, mean good. until you I read love the, the idea of laying out the whole thing right before you the whole where it's headed in such a way that it's even more mystery yeah right like I read the back and then Nunye shows up and he learns that she's yeah, a sign good, good, seven good. sent to Furtis to do a graining. And I'm like, well, I don't know what that means. But three quarters of the way through the book, I was like, oh, yeah, 
that was on the back of the yes. book. <laughs> so like, there's a word. I get it now. There's a there's a word salad thing you can do that is. Oh, you want a description on the back of the book? It's almost like a spoof of a description on the back of the book. Okay, I'll give you a detailed mm. description of what happens in this book. You know, almost like like a wink to the publishing world. It's like you got to give them a full, you know, like the Instagram video. You got to hook them in the first three seconds. It's like a all these conventional mm-hmm. wisdom rules. You're like, okay, you'll, okay, I can do the rule, but I'm going to <laughs> do it so over the top that it's like laughing at it. It's memeing itself. Oh, it's so, it's so, I mean, you say you've read Douglas Adams and that comes through so much. It's like, I'm reading this book and I'm thinking like, this is the sort of flippant, irreverent hilarity of, of uh, like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but with like that sort of laser focused, this is what it means to be human of C.S. Lewis. You know, when you're reading one of his allegorical Mm. stories. And you're like, oh yeah, I am a demon. You're right, not really, but you know, <laughs> I I also say those yeah, things. Wow, I def- that definitely came through. Wow. Uh, so, I, can I make an observation? Um, and then you can tell me if I'm totally off because uh, you said you said a little bit before that like people would tell you this is the most Rob Bell we've ever read. This is just coming through so naturally. This feels like a new thing. But when I look at the books you've put out, at least, there seems to be a kind of trajectory Mm. to it where, like, your pastoral works are these short books that wrestle with a topic creatively and with fun images that are easy to preach, but they very much feel like like sermon series. And then that goes on until you wrote What is the Bible, which feels like you're letting us in on the the mechanics of how you read the Bible. Mm. And all of the things that grounded your previous works, now you've given us the tools to do that too. And then you wrote Everything is Spiritual, which is that, but for the soul. Wow. It's like, here wow. is the kind of the magnum opus of what it means to be all the work I've done. So I feel like if you read What is the Bible and Everything is Spiritual, it's almost like an accidental discipleship where now you can now read the world the way Rob Bell reads the world. You don't need me to write these little pastoral books anymore. Now I'm free to go on and explore this other, more fictional world. I I, I don't want to call it allegorical because I know it's not. This oh, isn't yeah. uh, That's a Pilgrim's really... Progress or anything. But wow. it almost felt like you were freeing yourself by giving us the tools to do the things that Rob uh. Bell did in the world for so long. Well, it's so interesting that you say that because... Like I came, I was, I was born and raised in this particular Christian tradition that was called itself evangelical, which meant Protestant, which Protestant is like, how do we change the world? A guy nailed a bunch of theses to a door in Germany. Like, um, (laughs) how do you deal with the pain of the world? Think and stuff. (laughs) And at some level, yeah. It, it it's like a disembodied propositions get get them right in your head get the furniture arranged right in your head and then you're good um and mm. at some level i can see it, a long slow learning to be in my body um i mean i remember in my early 20s discovering that jesus was a jewish rabbi being like wait a second like he's actually talking about economics and poli- everything is economics and politics and social fabric and safety net and 
um, how you relate to the currency of the empire. So that's really interesting what you just outlined is it started with like stand, almost like standing there telling people stuff and then it just keeps sinking more and more incarnation, more and more body until we're like, well, here's how you can read that. And then it becomes, here's the events in this body that shaped me. And then at some point you toss out, the, we don't even have to do concepts anymore. We can just go right to worlds. I just picture it just like just sinking more and more and more and more into body until there's no propositions left because it's just written like like written on the heart essentially. Yeah, oh, that's what's so great about science fiction, and this is like science fiction ish, yeah. just yeah. in that it takes place on <laughs> one, another planet. One interview, <laughs> one one interviewer on a science fiction podcast was like, um, other than planets and space, other planets and spaceships, what 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 makes this science fiction? And I was like. I didn't say that. <laughs> don't ask me. That's what Kurt, Kurt Vonnegut said that. He said, I'm, I'm a science fiction writer because somebody right. told me I was. I'm like, I'm not making claims here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the beauty. That's the, like, the best of science fiction is we take what it means to be human and we play yeah. it out on a stage that's so outrageous that it's not going right. to too closely allegorized but we can work out in them oh, what's happening here with us it. like game of thrones i don't know where westeros is but i know greed <laughs> oh yeah i can i know that yeah. feeling um so in in this universe of yours um the earth gets brown bald in the first sentence which which means uh we basically destroyed the topsoil and nothing can grow. Our atmosphere is polluted. There's nothing living left on it. Everything is brown now. And we had to leave. The humanity had to go out into the stars and colonize other planets with a, hopefully a bit more intentionality. So imagining that universe, what do you think those people who left Earth, uh, those people who were religious, how, how do you think that sort of thing would affect their view of God, the divine? Um, how do we bring God with us to the stars? Right, right. Because the you're, you're going to have to have some understanding that can handle that, which in some ways has been all along. Yeah. Apocalypse is often looming. You, you, I mean, you, you think about the, how many texts apocalypse is looming. I mean, think about how many saviors. The only way I can make you think I'm a savior is if I can show you a politically... Religiously, otherwise, I have to be able to show you an apocalypse to show you your need for someone to save you from it. Um, and mm. even the crashing of the stock market, I'll protect you because it's coming. You know, that's, that's like a thing. Y2K, think of how many of these. Um, I have the answer to help you escape the coming wrath. So perhaps sometimes those arise in order to destroy whatever conception is so limited that it's actually dependent on avoiding that thing. <laughs> Whatever it is, if it's right, ultimate yeah. reality, all of it has to exist within, it has to be able to handle even that. Yeah. You know, like a, if a story, if, if, you're, if you're animating myth, aka your religion, that which holds you together can't absorb the earth not making it, then you need to get a new one. <laughs> well, I imagine people well, in that imagine, universe did. Well, they yeah, would imagine... To. Well, I mean, we have very straightforward examples of this. Like Galileo's like, uh, we're not actually the center. There's something called the sun, which is the center. 
And you have a whole hierarchical worldview, which keeps lots of different people above other people. And, and you have that system going, uh, no, no. And he's like, well, actually, we just have this thing called a telescope. We figured out how to make glass out of sand. We put two of them in a metal tube. You can see, um, I mean, we have very real <laughs> examples of this in not so recent history when new information or new events shatter whatever the story is that's holding people together and it either doubles down. Oh, here's one. America's the greatest nation on the face of the earth. Mm, yeah. You just lost <laughs> in Afghanistan to a group of locals using weapons that they got from Russia in the 80s. You know what I mean? Like you, the, the greatest military superpower lost. Like Taliban won, America zero. So like you either readjust your narrative <laughs> Or you double down, and the absurdity. <laughs> yeah. Now the absurdity really gets amped up. So you're right; they yeah. have to, they have to, in some way, yeah. Like whatever, whatever wasn't big enough has to get big fast. Yeah, so most of the apocalyptic literature in in the Bible, at least, um, is like, here's the end of your world. Here's the end right, of everything right. you know. Your whole right, system right. stops working. The the enemies are winning, and then there is hope because God stops it before right. the ultimate right. end. So I imagine in this world that's dying, there's all these people with this like religious faith that's built on that sort of thing. That's like God would never let the earth die. That's the that's the end. That's the stop of the suffering. The earth is it. And then the, as the earth continues to die, they have to reevaluate. Oh goodness, what is the end then? What what right. is the next thing? What is the next thing that's more expansive? And that's, that's I, higher that And when I learned that the earth brown balled, and I like that sentence, when I learned that the earth brown balled, because I had to explain how to get a guy <laughs> on furnace asking a guy, we had to work like retro re what was so interesting <laughs> to me is, oh, take the worst fear in the air right now and just have it happen. Just have that be the starting mm. point. It's like in a marriage. Hmm. Think about a, a marriage. A couple has an argument that just keeps coming up. Try, try the three of us to imagine that. There's some issue that keeps sort of keeps coming up. And all of a sudden, one day in the midst of an argument, one of the, one of the partners says to the other, well, if we're going to stay together, we're going to need to get to the root of this. But this, they've mm -hmm. never, ever remotely discussed or considered not staying together. But the one of them said it. And... Mm -hmm. There's like a holy terror of like, wait, did you just say that? But you, the observer, if you are observing the argument and be like, that's like one of the best things they could have said, because they're going to probably get. Right. Hmm. So it's like, speak the unspeakable and notice how the nervous system weirdly relaxes. There's an openness. Um, even mm -hmm. like a democracy is an experiment. Well, some experiments fail. It's like, just take all the terror yeah. of January 6th, take all the terror of election meddling just take it all and go yeah it did it, it, uh it was an experiment some experiments fail and yeah. weirdly enough an affection arises maybe even imagination uh which i think and you even i mean the thing that really is interesting to me and what you were just saying zach is jesus isn't like oh let's do everything we can to keep the temple together he's like oh yeah this whole thing's this whole idea that the divine dwells in a building yeah, fine. For, like, not one mm. stone will remain on top of another. It's almost like he's like, in order for you all to understand 
that the whole earth is a temple, that all of it's holy and sacred. Yeah. It might need to come down. Um, yeah. He doesn't seem to be shy away from, if that's what it'll take, fine. <laughs> yeah. And they did. The Jews and the Christians both built new systems that right, were more expensive, right. that didn't need to live in, in the temple. I've been asking people this. Try, try this, by the way. This is really fun. Say to somebody, because I've been trying this out, and it, I, I love what it does to people, me included. I'll <laughs> say to them, hey, 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 next year, check this out. Biden versus Trump. Here we go. <laughs> and you talk about feeling something in your body. You see people throw up in their mouth. And as like, are you kidding me? Those are the options next fall. And yet what's also interesting is you, if you zoom out just a touch, perhaps that as the options is the kind of pain the system needs to be in. Like maybe the system hasn't bottomed out yet. Like these are the options here in America where we, where we have a tradition of coming up with kind of awesome stuff. This is what, uh, yeah. perhaps a system hasn't, and obviously we know from addiction and lots of different things, you have to hit the wall at some level and all of us, like think of how many, for the three of us, how many moments in your life you were in enough pain to actually start asking a whole new set of questions, but like try that, that yeah. Biden versus yeah. Trump. Say it like it's the coolest thing ever and just watch people like, <laughs> but like that disgust, <laughs> that disgust is how we actually do new things. Yeah. Sometimes you need to be uh, searching for an enigmatic man with your assassin <laughs> and have entrails dropped on top of your head. You know, sometimes that's just what Please happens. clarify for your listeners that that's a reference to <laughs> that, the book. <laughs> That scene was so. Oh, that's weird. one of those things that you can say about the book that makes no sense until I, you get to. I the just part love the in. second time she appears in his bedroom and and he's like, "Wait, wait, you can't find Dill Tud," and then he says it again without the question. Yeah. Wait, you can't find Dill Tud. Like he's so delighted. <laughs> wait, has this happened before? Is this like a thing? And he's like the admiration yeah. for Dill. She's like, "Yeah, he's just like he, I, I, he doesn't even really exist." Wait. This is like the greatest news ever. <laughs> Aren't you yeah, supposed wait, to be the best? You, is this what you do? Uh, uh, huh. I also love that you, instead of saying like, well, you know, I'm an official assassin, you would never say that in a bureaucratic right. system, right? You would use a word mm. like graining, which is so innocuous. It's just, it's so bureaucratic. This is, this is a graining. And he just keeps mm -hmm. drilling that. This is a graining. That's just, you're a murderer is yeah. what you are. No, no, no. I'm graining. Right. It's different. It's, well, Do you have a gun? Are Do you have a gun on you right now? Do you have a gun? He's just like, yes. you act like this is so civil. <laughs> like, how? <laughs> that was a theme that kept coming up as the book progressed. It was like, because Earth was destroyed, we had to reform it. Some very smart people decided to create the most... Uh, effective system possible for the most good for the most people and from the surface it oh, looks right. great right and everyone respects the chairs and the arrangements and all of that and you can get a job just putting down stakes in the ground and imagining what a neighborhood might look like that's a whole job mm -hmm. and if you don't like it go be a baker that's mm -hmm. a job too 
And it's just this freedom and wonderful. And you're like, why can't the world work like this? And then the more we look into it, those kind of bureaucratic words that are used are actually laced with poison. And you realize how much is like respectable is not actually good. <laughs> right. And I kept see I kept hearing like, oh, well, you know, we're we're re we're restructuring the division <laughs> right now. We're we're having to make some uh, some strategic cuts to streamline our team. It's like, well, you're firing me, you know. And how many things that we can hide by by making them sound respectable? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just reading about a hedge fund owner who owns an NFL team and is just making a mess of the NFL team. And the hedge fund owner made <laughs> billions off of betting on the major banks to survive. But the banks survived because of a government bailout. Hmm. You're like, that's I, insidious. Did I? I'm wondering who you're talking about. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Carolina in the house. Um, <laughs> but like, if you just if you just ponder Maybe that, like loop, 15 miles that if way. You just ponder that loop for a moment, and the insertion giant systems that insert themselves in the exchange of goods and services and extract value out of it, adding nothing, exploiting it based on nanosecond computer insertions and trades, generating nothing, contributing nothing, just sucking little pennies here and there, but doing it hundreds of billions of times, like so insidious. Yes. Insidious. <sighs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and we put them on magazine then, covers. <laughs> so right, they're brilliant. Right, right. Contributing nothing. I wanted to shift to something a little lighthearted. Um, <laughs> a theme that I loved in your book that I felt like just constantly kept coming up is curiosity. Yeah. Amongst the characters. How, you know, when Heen was growing up, he was very, very curious. Would ask questions, you know, just really into it. When he then got into the role um, of being a series five after the tragedy struck for him, um, it it's almost like his curiosity was kind of set aside some because he knew he had this job. And you could, I love the fact that I guess in part three, you really get into this that you can start figuring out. Uh, and I, I was kind of picking up on this pretty quickly that he felt fake. Oh, until he he got yeah yeah like it, and then you can see the times, especially when he would get uh, irritated with Dill Tud. Um, <laughs> I love that, and I would put notes in here saying, you know, oh, you know, you're it's great that he's irritated with Dill Tud simply because Dill Tud is being very curious. Yes, um, and. He's being pushed to kind of get back to that part of his childhood almost, mm -hmm. of that role mm -hmm. of curiosity, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, I'm always told by Zach and the others on the show and and all of my friends and family how how curious of a person I am. Yeah. Because I just love to Scientist. learn and love Absolutely. to ask questions. Yeah. And yeah, I love being curious. And so I just, I appreciate you did that throughout this book and showed his struggles with it as well. Oh, I thought you. that was That's really fascinating. Said. Yeah, because you as... as uh, and science, the core of science, the engine of science is curiosity. Like, mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, and I loved how he starts. He he 
like they're discussing things in the bakery and he'll like ask a question and be like, I don't participate in these conversations. I'm, I'm the guy just, <laughs> he keeps or like when there, uh, there's a moment when uh, Borns is like, Ziga May, has Philippe died? And Z- and he is like, yeah, no, I just saw him the other day. He's fine. And he's like, wait, as he's like beginning. Yeah. And then Nunez shows up and he's like, you're so fake. You just like connect with everybody, but they don't know you're assassin. She's like, wait a second. I'm pretending. Yes. You, you think that you and I don't get a paycheck from the same man. Like <laughs> she comes to just show him his own shadow. Like, what are you and these furnace yeah. people now buddies or something? No, the two of us have a thing we're doing here. Um, and he's like, yeah. gradually, he can't do the job and he can't pretend. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I love it when she starts telling him, You're in so deep, you, you don't even you see don't it. You don't even and, see it. You, you, oh my yeah. God, you're gonna like, <laughs> and it's like a somehow, like, he's his curiosity is like, he's feeling. And also, when he first met Dil Tud, I was like, Oh, my God, how fascinating is this? He He's beginning to realize that he's been numb for decades, most of his adult life. Mm-hmm. But then when he actually begins to feel, the first feelings coming out, thaw, he's thawing, but the first feelings aren't a warm embrace of the unit of nature of all reality. Mm-hmm. It's just supernatural irritation. Like this guy <laughs> who pretends <laughs> to like right. somehow have some longstanding relationship, and he has these staccato bursts of conversation and he's wearing these multi one colored outfit like like if you decide not to numb yourself and all these numbing devices Mm. we have at our disposal and actually pay attention and be present to what's coming up from within you it's probably a number of unpleasant things are like ungrieved grief even and yeah yeah you you really want to feel okay you want to feel alive okay here's a couple things that are a part of feeling alive Doubt, anger, rage. Yeah. It's all part of it. And I just well, yeah. I, and again, you know, with Dill Tud, he played such an important <laughs> role of reminding Heen who he is. That's kind of yeah. how I took it. Like reminding Heen right. of his own humanity, of who he who he used to be before he did this. Right, right, right. And yet Heen at first is ter- like, is this guy on to me? Does he know? He just creates this mm-hmm. horrible. Especially when he goes, Where'd you park your spaceship? And just <laughs> Next thing you know, he's passed out. <laughs> and then at the end, he's I thought like, that, was, that was great. And then at the because the whole thing is building up in some ways to that. And then at the end, when he's like, "Yeah, I ask everybody that." I just <laughs> he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." I just I like to do that. I just see how people respond. It's always fun. there's got to be somebody who's got one. There has to be somebody. <laughs> yeah. That was good. Yeah, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that his job for a good part of this is basically as um, a a spy to the people in charge. Eyes on the ground to notice the things that are happening so that they can be corrected along the way. Very straightforward. Which seems pretty innocuous, but you can't get get committed. You got to connect, spy, leave. Mm -hmm. And that's his problem because he's, he's seeing, he's so good at seeing, but he starts to know, and that's when he gets into trouble, right? When it goes from his head down to his gut. There's a brilliant scene uh, on uh, page 335 for those who are following along at home um, in which he has just baked a loaf of, was it rosemary olive oil? Sourdough with rosemary. Which sounded Um, very tasty. 
which was a special bread for his mother back on another planet that they've never had there. And he bakes it in the bakery. And this guy. Oh, I love it that you in. love this scene. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> he rushes in and says, I have to have another. And then the narrator, which is Heen, says, He's got a small white dog under his arm. The dog is wearing a sweater. On the front of the sweater, in big letters, it reads, Who's taking who for a walk? That's troubling enough. But there's a series of zippers on this man's shirt that run in diagonal lines across his chest and appear to have no purpose. Do you have any more? <laughs> he sounds desperate. I just stand there, staring at the top of his head. He's losing his hair on top. but it's like, And it just keeps going back and <laughs> yeah. forth in this way, where there's this very clear thing happening yes. in front of him where this bread that his mother made has touched this man deeply and the man wants more. And all he can do is see that he's got too many zippers and his dog is wearing a T-shirt. And he's got hair <laughs> combing out that's combed over. <laughs> yes. <sighs> like, how many times have I been that? Like, here I am looking at the facts of the situation, completely missing what's actually happening. <laughs> <laughs> and he's telling, or the mustaches, there's like the running theme of like, must, I can't get over the mustache. The must, I just, he gets like hooked on something and yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I loved that. <laughs> I think one of my favorite scenes until we get to the very end where they find Dil Tud and really get, I mean, I loved how this book ended, but the scene in the school where Nunier was really just hamming it up with the oh, flour oh. and the water oh my i was laughing hysterically <laughs> hearing you read that part of the book i mean it's just and especially someone who's been in a lot of schools since i prepare future teachers just i mean i could totally imagine that whole scene and watching her ham it up and do all these great things i, I mean it was so well done i, I just yeah like, i fully admired that part of the oh, book oh that makes me so happy because yeah and um, the fact that she's so opaque, obviously there's like, that's the giant Easter egg with her is you get nothing about her mm -hmm. other than this astonishing. So she's the anti-heen. I'm realizing now, as you said that in some ways she's the anti, you get no interior from her. So it's almost mm -hmm. like you, it's very, very hard to feel anything about her other than just surface mm. admiration for these wide range like liam neeson i have a wide range of i have a particular set of skills yes <laughs> but in the love that movie heen, especially that scene you can see heen is watching her like how the how do you know how to talk to like yeah. <laughs> high school students in which she's like keep it completely dangerous the perfect line of danger without crossing she somehow is able to do all these things and leave them in the palm of her hand and shock mm -hmm. without and you could just see, it's just like, what is, <laughs> just, he's just one other, it's like a different kind of Diltad irritation. How does she do, what am I even watching? Mm. What is, is like, just his, his curriculum of disorientation. This is like the, the master's level. It's like Diltad cracks the door and she comes in and just like, yeah, you're not going to understand any of this. <laughs> <laughs> But at the same time, she's like, she's totally just, that's all surface level. That's all playing. She's not being sincere. Job she's dude. just, she's I always get the job done. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. N no matter what that looks like. If I have to be a performer, great. If I got to be this improv artist, yeah. great. I'm still going to kill you. <laughs> but you know, you'll know nothing of my heart and soul. 
And the moment you start to get too close, I'm going to shut you down. You know, you know. Of course, I think later today we're we're um, opening up a where'd you park your store, in which there will be a T-shirt that just says in big letters, "You messed with the wrong Series 5. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and there's also a T-shirt that says "Heen who grows bears." And there's, oh, yes, uh, that was great, too. Also, I, we're about to release, I think I love that. sometime in a couple of days, we're about to release um, a coffee mug that just says Piddle, Piddle, Piddle on it. Oh, my God. And there's, yeah. uh, when he um, stood up at the school and said that, yeah. that was amazing. And then there's, uh, uh, oh, and then you'll be able to buy the brown ball poster. Oh, I need that. For your wall. And then uh, we designed, my, my friend designed one. And then uh, there's also uh, in that, like, You've seen it with New York, but a T-shirt that just has a big heart. It just says, I love Dill Tud. <laughs> and then there's also a T-shirt that just says, you just got Bobby freelanced. <laughs> like, the deep, like multiple deep cut level on that one. <laughs> so I need... You know he's going to write a self-help book. You know that, right? Called You Just Got Bobby Freelanced. Oh, my gosh. But he hasn't, really? But he doesn't come from a family of writers. He doesn't come... He, he comes from the outer pangs, so write, reading wasn't a thing. They weren't very civilized people, so he doesn't really know, but people could tell him he needs to write a book. So he dictates the book to Lan Zing, his girlfriend, but he keeps getting, because he loves her so much, and it's like his manifesto, his like 12 rules for living kind of thing, but he's telling it to her, but he keeps losing like that he's dictating a book and talking to her. What do you think about that? So the, the book is mm. the text of his book, but it's also him talking to her about, do you think I should say this next part? <laughs> That's going to be great. <laughs> so don't be surprised if you see my name pop up and order requests with your new store coming out because, uh, yeah, that's, I could see myself getting some of those things. Oh, and then, you know, there's a Rolling Stones. There's the so. Rolling Stone, like Mick, Keith, Ronnie, Charlie, these like like four names and um, – mm -hmm. yeah. Keen, Borns, Nunez, Diltud, like, you know, this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> my wife will be like, what are all these shirts that are arriving? I'm like, oh, just, just, it's okay, honey. It's okay. It's, it's a piddle, piddle, it's piddle, my piddle Rob's place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Clearly. Why doesn't, doesn't, doesn't everyone have that? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just love that Bobby Freelance. I, I, I'm, I was reading all these names that are just totally right. nonsensical names that mm -hmm. came out of your brain, and then suddenly, yeah, Bobby Freelance. <laughs> not a freelancer, just yeah. Bobby Freelance. And that's the beauty name. of a creating a world is you – I realized – oh, I guess partway through, I was like, oh, my God, we're going to make up all these names, Rob Bell, aren't we? Yes, every name will be made up. And then all of a sudden, he gets on a glide, and the guy's name is Wade. And then mm -hmm. it goes back to all the names are made up. And then Bobby was like, oh, so there's the pattern and then the breaking of the pattern. But then when you do break mm -hmm. the pattern, go full Applebee's, like go full America. <laughs> so like when they're at the bowl and it's this incredibly exotic rest, but then, okay, who are the two people who are arguing at the table next to them? No, don't make up. It's not Forbo in Rashiva. What's, Oh yeah, Gretchen and Carl. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what's the most? <laughs> yeah. I went to high school with them. So when you go, if you're not gonna make it up, then go full irony-free America. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what's interesting about 
like I don't have any any like somebody mentioned me you know at the end of act two and I was like there's an act two I don't have I don't know any of that the protagonist like like I guess I know what a protagonist is but I don't have any of that stuff in my head so it's just or like when he brings lines mm. back and falls and breaks his jaw and bites off his tongue mm. Mm. I remember thinking wait I mean it's like a Wednesday afternoon or something wait my main character can't speak like <laughs> the narrator can't speak for how long is this going to like not even didn't see that literally didn't see it coming. And then, so now I guess there's going to be a period here where we're waiting for his tongue to get healed yeah. where yeah. we'll just, Oh, okay. Yeah. Kick the legs out. See, see what we discover. Yeah. I mean, isn't that, isn't, I, I know very little about story writing. Uh, other than you make a character you love and then you kick the crap out. And then you fall. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. You see how they respond to everything falling apart. So fun. <sighs> I also need to that. say thank you for including. I, I, I yelled. I yelped in joy when I read this part that you included my favorite joke in the entire world in this book. And you made the point of the joke that it's a stupid joke, but that it is his favorite joke in the world because it's my favorite joke in the world. And I, it's the only joke I know. Oh, pirate. Yeah. So pirate walks into a bar <laughs> and the bartender says, Hey, you know, you've got a steering wheel on your belt buckle. And he says, Arr, it's been driving me nuts all day. <laughs> <laughs> the best joke in the world. I said that in church once. <laughs> you can't, it's perfection. You can't. Yeah. You can't. There's nothing to say. Nothing. What can be said after that? It's the ultimate joke. It's it's the best joke in the world. So full disclosure, the first time I ever heard that joke was reading it in your book. Oh, beautiful. I'd actually never have I never said that that joke to you, Ian. That's the only joke I know. I legitimately is the only joke Mm. I know. The book is bringing the two of you together in new ways. (laughs) In ways we never knew. Friends this long, and I haven't heard your one joke. Right? <laughs> We're always talking about serious stuff. That's the problem. Or Star Wars. Or Star Wars. Or yeah, Star serious Wars. stuff. Sure. Yeah. Same, yeah. Same category. Right. Very yeah. serious. Very important. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. I just got my Star Wars advent calendar open it up today for the first time. Oh, I'm very excited. That is so great. My Lego advent calendar. <laughs> it's a major joy this time of year. <laughs> so. <sighs> yeah. So what's next? For you, Rob, with this series and stuff, you talk. I think you said before you hope it's going to be multiple books, and you've left it that way. And yeah, where do you want to go? Well, with the next one, I just I'm always like, don't say anything, Rob Bell. Just, but obviously it says book one. Like I, I have a, like I have a long standing. <laughs> well, like on the like on the Robcast, I. I just early on was like, don't be that guy who's talking about what you're making. First off, because it might be rubbish, whatever you're right. making. But just tell people, uh, yeah, it's out. So uh, just be somebody who actually makes things. Early on, that was a thing where it was like, otherwise, they're just that, you know, hey, guys, working on chapter seven and everybody's. But um, and then I go and put book one on the cover, which is basically like, there's more. <laughs> so, yeah, there it's very, very very exciting and fun so yes there's i i can there's different places we're going to go and and like the bobby when i realized 
like what's a knock on one of my plays is the play that Nord writes early on in this book. And I was like, God, that's so on the nose and ridiculous. But when I realized there was like a ancillary books, Bobby Freelance is going to need to write. Mm-hmm. And then there's some other things that you're going to need. You're going to need um, that aren't like the book one, book two, <laughs> book three, but there's like these other pieces. So yes. And uh, so, yeah, quite. Yeah. So uh, that'll all be coming. And I get very, very excited about where it's headed even the idea that it would go forward in time it may it may surprise you where yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm excited about where your first yeah yeah and i this isn't your first work of fiction though i mean you've written the two plays and this isn't even your first novel novel years ago and it felt that first novel and the plays felt i see at the time how it felt like indulgent like i had to Learn to trust the goodness of life, even as I was going around the world, inviting people to trust the goodness of life and making fun of terms (laughs) like guilty pleasure and giving people permissions, you know, just give yourself permission slip, follow your heart, all that stuff. This is like Rob Bell'd me. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, It's like all these Mm -hmm. things that I spouted off about standing on stages, holding microphones all over the place came like boomeranged back and punched me in the face with love and was like this thing that you've been like almost doing like on the side, almost like kind of a, because you know, responsibly you have this thing that you do. Just, just let yourself throw yourself into it and see what happens. So it's been a very, yeah. yeah. See where it goes and just trust it. And then, yeah, just yeah, yeah, and all the stuff. Everybody like, yeah. God, how do you pay the bills? How do you arrange your life around that? How do you? All the questions all of us have just are all the questions that <laughs> came up all over again. So, yeah, that's got like a. Yeah, we're literally yeah, in the sometimes. corner of the garage, figuring out a new life. Which I got to say is very, uh, it's very reassuring for uh, for the rest of us. Uh, that you're doing the same thing that you are that stuff doesn't go away yeah letting a lot of things go living more simply so that you can follow where yeah where you're being yeah. pulled yeah yeah that's all yeah. the like wa- the, all those wobbles but how are we gonna and <laughs> and even the well you all you you all know the science the Heisenberg's on like we don't know what that particles are gonna do next <laughs> Like the causality <laughs> of the modern age, like A plus B yeah. plus C. We don't get it. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Be the uncertainty you want to see in the world. <laughs> There's also, right. <laughs> There's also, yeah, you throw yourself into it and follow it and, and we'll see where it goes. But yes, Ian, as, in answer yeah. to your question, uh, the, and this has been talking about, this has been really interesting energetically because I knew don't, give give the this book coming out and talking to people about this book let the conversations just let all that shape the heart because of the next books two and three and four and maybe five which have lots of shape (laughs) but let uh, but even even the no 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 don't hold off for just a half second and 
just talk to people about this and and see how that shapes <laughs> even yeah. where they go. Brian Brian Eno has this great line uh, about he doesn't read fan mail because he says people people who admire your work are always voices for conservatism because they're like <laughs> that thing I love that thing you did so so he's like I don't want to hear people tell me they how much they like the thing I did because it inherently will put in my head keep doing that thing you did um but what's so fascinating to me about talking about this book is how many people are like i can't wait for book two because i have absolutely no idea uh, and right. that makes me very happy i have all these conflicting thoughts in my head on where this thing's gonna right go so and how the characters are gonna interact but but i'm i'm in like i it's right. so exciting i think that yeah that part like you've captured my curiosity. And there's like a giant, so giant I... Easter egg about what happens next. And it's so obvious at the end of the book, but not one person has mentioned it. And I, not one person has asked for it or thinks that would be interesting. But I have like a, oh no. Like, so I already have, already have like the, the, the sophomore album, <laughs> maybe jazz. And it's, People will be like, what? And then, oh. <laughs> so I yeah. already feel the giant, all I have to get, you have to get all that off your head about even what's, what, then just start over again. Cause nobody. See, and I wouldn't even want to, I wouldn't even want to try to guess what it is because I want that experience you just simulated of like, oh, okay. Like I didn't yeah. see that coming yeah, yeah, or yeah. something like that. Like I just, yeah. I, I'm. <laughs> Because you did that a lot throughout this yeah, book. Yeah, and nobody so. was asking for this book. <laughs> hmm. Nobody was like, God, when are you going to grab that thing? So all, all of it is it's just enacting everything I've been spouting yeah. out about for years. It's like, okay, yeah, just yeah. do this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm anticipating being completely surprised by whatever's next. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then for the format to drastically shift <laughs> after that. And, uh, you know, for book three to just be... Yeah, uh, written yeah. in Sanskrit, semaphore or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> it's a series of flag movements. Is book three, and who knows? Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your uh, delight with us. Um, you are always a mm. source of of inspiration for so many people. Thank you, you. the you know mm -hmm. official permission giver. Mm. Um, thank you for accepting that permission for yourself and producing that which makes you thank come alive. You. That means the world. And thanks for having me on yeah. your podcast. Yeah, everyone should get the book. You should sign up for the two days at Ojai. There's all this, uh, the, all that and more available at robbell.com, um, where there's also links to all of your social media sort of connections, which just like everything else you do is subversive and delightful and not at all what the uh, professionals would tell you to do yeah <laughs> there are professionals question mark so. uh, <laughs> i mean there are people that get paid okay there we go yeah. well that's a great that's a great distinction well said well done uh, love it okay. wonderful talking right. to you all thank, thank you for you. joining very us, inspiring Bob.